Hello and welcome. You've tuned into Active Listening with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, your host, and our podcast is all about personal success and networking. We'll discuss small business tips, health and wellness issues, personal safety tips, financial gain, and a variety of other topics from professionals in the field. And once in a while, we'll throw in our area of expertise, firearm safety and active shooter response for businesses, churches, and schools. So sit back, relax, listen, and learn. Active listening with T4 Tactics. Welcome again to another episode of Active Listening. I'm Marco Galbraith with T4 Tactics. This this afternoon we have Kenny Shelton uh, in the studio. He's a radio personality and an account executive for WLNI, which is part of the Wheeler Broadcasting Group. Been in the business 38 years. Yes, I have. That's a long time. That's something to be proud of. Long time to be in the business. Yeah, it's the same industry. We've had some changes with my address over the years. Uh, as most, uh-huh. most radio people will tell you, it, uh-huh. it's almost impossible to stay at the same place your whole career. But it all started on a summer night in, in uh, 1981. Wow. I uh, Actually, I, I got into it because, Marco, I wanted to be a country singer. Really? That's how it all began for oh, me. Oh, cool. And I had a little band I was playing in, and, and I, I was known for that somewhat. I was probably known more for playing baseball as a kid. But uh, I got into to music some, and I thought, you know, we had a family friend who was a musician who happened to be the manager of a local station. It was a country station. And uh, I just talked to him one day. I said, you know, what are the opportunities in, in radio, and what's it all about being a disc jockey? And he told me, what it was about. And he said, you know, uh, if you're interested, uh, next time we have an opening, we can give you a shot. Oh, cool. So about two weeks later, uh, I got my opening because a guy got fired for smoking pot on the air. You're not allowed <laughs> to do that, by the way. That's not a good thing. That's not a good That's thing. That's not a good role model. Uh, so so my, my, my debut was at midnight. What was the station? What type it, of music? It was, was country station? music. Really? Uh, and it was WWOD AM 1390. Uh-huh. And back in the 70s, well, the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, AM was still the king yeah, in radio. Yeah, yeah. This is before. This is back when FM radio was just a something you had that you kept on the air with great big reel-to-reel tapes. This right. is before FM took off. Wow. So there were a couple of uh, powerful uh, country stations. One yeah. was WBRG, yeah. and the other was WWOD, 1390 AM, which was conveniently only about 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I started, uh, got a little bit of training from the guy, uh, Chris Taylor, who you can Google. He's still pretty well-known with uh, Billboard and L. But uh, I was just awful. Oh, boy, I was so bad. Really? And, yeah. And stumbling over words. Stumbling or... over words, talking too fast, sounding yeah. so country. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right, right. Oh, I, and, and so I, I uh, we were able to do air checks. Uh-huh. So I listened to myself back, and I thought, I mean, I guess I'm because I'm on at 3 o'clock in the morning, they really aren't worried about losing too many listeners. Yeah. But I did find people are listening overnight. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it started. Uh, but the part about becoming a country musician sort of died because – Playing music on the radio, uh, getting to know some of these artists, I just saw you know you know I'm I'm an okay singer but I'm not fantastic and these guys are so yeah. I stopped with that dream and got more into radio and as the time went on I went from the overnights to the regular nights seven to midnight yeah. and from seven to midnight to midday from midday to afternoon and then afternoon to the creme de la creme in radio which is morning drive wow so in about yeah. a two year span two and a half year span I, I did all that 
right. and started, and and I was kind of hooked. Yeah, I, I, you know, because you learn a lot, especially at a smaller station where you're doing so much by yourself. Right, you're self-taught on things, and you get some training, but you learn a lot. How has and it's probably huge, but how has technology changed? I mean, everything's computerized now. Yes, and, and I've I've seen it myself, and I'm I'm you know I'm I'm not anywhere near uh, the end of the industry where you've been, but how has technology changed from 81 to now? Well, when we started, the FM was playing reel-to-reel tapes. Uh-huh. Google that if you need to, kids. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the AM was still playing vinyl. I would queue up records. Yeah, I, you see that on TV. Is Yeah, yeah watch, watch WKRP in Cincinnati. You'll right. see some queuing. And, that, and see, that created uh, a skill set. You might have one on-air personality that was great technically. Right. The records would always be queued perfectly. Yeah. But he might not sound like, uh, you know, the, the best disc jockey. You yeah. have others who, who, who sounded great but were technically awful because right. you had to do it all yourself. Right. You might play the record at the wrong speed. Yeah. You might forget to take it out of queue and you have some dead air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back then, life was built around a two and a half, three minute record. Wow. If Kenny had to be excused, he had to find a longer record. Wow. You know, uh, yeah. and you, but you got a good sense of time during right. those days. So there was the vinyl phase. Then we went briefly into what we call the cart phase as far as playing the music. Those were like uh, eight track tapes, again, something to Google. Yeah. But you might remember, Marco, an eight track tape. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah. Yep, my dad had them. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Great sound quality because right. really it was reel to reel inside of a plastic case. Yeah. So we had that phase for a little bit. And then we went from that. To compact disc, yeah, we played CDs on the air for a while. They Which are now played. just about gone. They are, you yeah. Hard pressed to find a CD, yeah. And, but they would skip on the air sometimes. That wasn't ideal. And then from that, from the CD era, we finally got into the digital audio that we right. have today. Right. Uh, and that's it was a transition from 1981. I'd say by certainly by uh, by 98. By 98, I would say the digital age was in full sweep. So in a 17-year period, yeah. that happened. And some stations didn't have the afford- didn't have the ability to, to convert quite yet, but yeah. certainly now every, everyone does. I don't yeah. know anyone doing anything on that. So technically, the only thing that cha- stayed the same was we spoke into microphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else around has changed. Right, right. And now you can edit. You know, I, I advertise with you guys, and when I come into the studio... Uh, you guys make me sound like a king because yeah, we, we you never know how being a public speaker you never ha- know how bad you sound when you say um er uh and until you go back and listen to yourself mm-hmm. and uh, and it's good because when I come in you guys can always edit that out and cut it out and, and make me sound smart. Well, I'll <laughs> say this: you you give us a lot of good content to work with. Well, I appreciate you really it. Do. You're well spoken, sir. Thank you. Um, what type of audience does radio have? We have, um, you know, people sometimes that you hear satellite radio, you hear um, um, different types of, of venues where you can listen to music. But what type of, what, what uh, audience does radio have? I just handed Marco some answers to his question because I work for uh, the Wheeler Broadcasting Group. Mm-hmm. And we're fortunate to have, uh, not bragging, this is just fact, the, 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 the largest radio audience in the Roanoke Lynchburg market and it's all because of stations that our owner has acquired like a 200,000 watt Q99 where the target audience is uh, correct me if I'm wrong to say women 8 25 54 is yep. that right yep. so if you want the female side of the listener base you might go there K92 we also own uh, that's a little younger skew 18 to 34 also leaning a little more f- female than male uh, star country the number one radio station in the Roanoke Lynchburg market for the past 22 rating periods. Wow. Uh, that's going to be a great mix of male-female 
25, 54 is the target age. Although I will tell you, mostly being in the country radio format, they're writing songs for the 18 to 34 age group, I think, more so than anyone uh-huh. over over 40, probably. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the, the talk radio stations. We own WLNI, WFIR. They're going to be a little more male-leaning and an older audience. Probably 45-plus would be a good target for an advertiser trying to reach people with those mm-hmm. stations. We have Vibe, which is the area's top urban station with the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Uh, so we, we can target radio. We also have a sports radio station, WPLY, and a rock channel. Those all lean a little more male than female. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, of course, loyalty with the sports audience. So right. that, that that's uh, how radio can target. And no matter which station it is, the audience is going to be, you know, different size depending on your signal strength, really. I mean, transmitters matter. Right. WLNI, yeah. my, my main station is a 6,000-watt FM, and it's a powerful FM radio station to cover Lynchburg, Amherst, Bedford, Campbell, Nelson. Mm-hmm. It gets to the tip of Roanoke and the tip of Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty great signal. Um, so that's, you know, radio, whether it's our station or any station, it does have a target audience. And for advertisers that are trying to reach that audience, they, uh, they, they just need to kind of match. Yeah. I, and I remember you and I talking about that is, is what radio station would be the best for me, for what I do. Yeah. And, uh, and we discussed that. And, uh, I was just, I was telling you before we started, I was just in, uh, Dr. Overby is my dentist on Timberlake and I lost a crown, came off, um, eating candy I shouldn't have been eating. And, uh, and the first thing he says to me, I heard you on L&I the other day. Here, I hear you on L&I all the time. And, uh, but I hear it works. I hear that constantly that, uh, you know, they, they hear this or that or a commercial or something. And so. I think you're smart as, a, as an advertiser to, to voice your own commercials. I mean, we have professional announcers that can say anything you want us to say. Right. But it's not going to have the resonance of having. More personal. Yeah. Yeah. Because they recognize your voice on the yeah. air and in, in person. I right. hear a lot of advertisers that say that. And, and that way the audience sort of knows you before uh, they might do business with you. You asked me too how radio has changed and I went through the technical aspects as mm-hmm. far as you know studio itself and the makeup of the studio but that's really not the biggest change in radio. Mm-hmm. That was going to happen no matter what because you know technology has changed and as as consumers have CDs and as they have MP3s obviously radio is going to mm-hmm. acquire that as well but the biggest change in radio since I've been in the business was what happened with uh, consolidation. And that was the Telecommunications Act of 1996. And what that did, Marco, it, it opened up the doors for many more FM stations to be bought in a single market. There mm-hmm. were strict rules on how many FMs you could own and AMs you could own per, per owner. Oh, wow. Back in the day when yeah. I started. And my station had an AM and an FM. That was it. Uh-huh. In Lynchburg, we had a, one AM, one FM. Well, that changed to five or six or seven AMs and FMs. And yeah. what happened was bigger owners with bigger dollars wound up not just buying stations, but buying markets, buying clusters of stations. Wow. So what happened was the rich got richer. Yeah. And the locally owned guy was sitting there trying to compete against a station that had all these resources. Right. And that created some inequity uh, in certain situations. It was still very legal uh-huh. as far as the FCC is concerned, but that's been the big change for me. And as far as being an employee in that situation, it hit me in 1998 when my station then at the time, WYYD, was bought first by a company called Benchmark in the mid-90s. Benchmark bought it and sold it really quick for a profit to a company called Capstar. Mm -hmm. And Capstar uh, decided, well, we own this and several other stations. We need to reduce our personnel because our, our, our costs are getting heavy. First thing they do is take you and put you all in the same building. So a month ago, you were competing 
like crazy against yeah, yeah. this person. Yeah. And now, hey, you're in the same office. You're in the wow. same building, same company. We yeah. get a paycheck from the same guy. So we're, we're buddies now. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes sense from a business and, and sales standpoint right. because, like we talked about, the, the different you know audiences. Yeah. You can now you know blend that communication. And, yeah. And plus, just massive of reaching people. Right. This one company can affect more people than the other company because yeah. guess what? We got more stations. Absolutely. Now this market we're talking about, Roanoke Lynchburg, which is where we're based, uh, we have a unique situation because that list of stations I just gave you beats the iHeart brand in this mm-hmm. market. And yeah. that's again, that's not me bragging, that's, yeah. just, that's just a fact. Yeah. In terms of revenue and in terms of audience share, uh, we, we, we beat them because we've got bigger signals, better programming, and we've got more people, Marco. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting thing, these large companies, these consolidations companies that you know, own so many of the stations, they, they, I don't, I'm not gonna speak for owners, but in my opinion, they haven't really done a great job of buying the, the properties because they just wanted them. Yeah. We want to own that market, we'll pay right. your price. Yeah. And they may have negotiated badly. Right. So they go in all of a sudden paying too much in, in debt service. Next thing you know, Susie loses a job, Kenny yeah. loses a job, yeah. Billy loses a job, and yeah. we're down to the computer doing all the work for right. us. Right, absolutely. <laughs> Which we're seeing a lot now. Yeah. 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 So radio does have some struggles as far as maintaining it's localism mm-hmm. in some markets. There's a there's a fight there. That's for TV and for radio, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in, in, with our our company, I'm very I'm, our owner. One of the reasons I'm I'm here is because I was so anxious to work for an owner that still believed in local people, yes, local personalities, absolutely. In our market, that other competitor I just mentioned literally has two people in the building that are on the air. Yeah, two and a half, maybe three. Yeah, where we have that many for one station. Yeah, and we own eight. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, and it shows in the ratings, it shows in our performance and sales. People still matter. Uh, they, they do. And, and satellite's one thing as far as bringing in those other shows. We do that a little bit with Steve Harvey and with our sports programming, of mm-hmm. course we do, because that's top talent. Mm-hmm. But for our, our music stations, man, it's we got people in the yeah. building playing those songs. Yeah, yeah. So when... You know, I started in law enforcement in 84, and we had revolvers. Then we, the chief came out and said, we're getting semi-automatics. And some of the old timers, and including myself, I didn't, you know, I was hesitant to change. So when they changed, when you were in radio and they changed from reel to reel yeah. or vinyl to starting to go to computer, were you, you know, we don't want to go, we're, we're uncharted waters. Did you kind of, how, were you excited to go into the new technology or were you, you know, I feel comfortable with vinyl and reel to reel what are we doing it's a good question and i can tell you uh, i was still young yeah and i embraced every single change yeah i really did because it was good because if you think about it if you're trying to be an entertaining and compelling air personality but you've got to switch a record every two oh, and yeah. three minutes it's like you're trying to go to the ap wire to get the story you're trying uh-huh. to write the story you're trying to figure out the story you're trying to get yeah. a cup of coffee there's so much to be done in between songs uh that you didn't really have the time for because right. you had to flip a switch. Absolutely. So when all of a sudden that became um, uh, automatic, it gives you more time for show prep. It gives mm-hmm. you more time to uh, get your thoughts together before you talk. Uh, and also, there's something called voice tracking, uh-huh. which some people see as cheating, as awful, as terrible. But if it's done right, it's a great tool. Yeah. Because I've been in the studio uh, live, sitting there in the studio, but I might track a break or record it 10 minutes before it airs because I want to get it right. I want to. I want to be exactly timed over that okay. intro. So, so something we think is live could have been recorded ten minutes prior. Yes. But you're still there in the studio. But you're just kind of breaking into 
I'll this put it and, this way. I was still in the studio. I'm not yeah. saying everyone still is. Got I'm it. saying yeah. in, in many cases, right. uh, the, the person that recorded that might be asleep or at home. For, it's yeah. You know, especially <laughs> yeah. on the weekends. Yeah. But but as a as a listener, it, it's you're still getting that same performance, that right. same live performance at yeah, one yeah. point recorded. Yeah. And, and, and from a programming perspective, which I was a program director for many years, I would rather have my morning guy, right. who's great, record a show 10 to 2 on Saturday to get the best sound yeah. than I would have a person live who's just not up for the task. Right, absolutely. You know, but, but the question becomes when things go wrong, where there's a disaster, where there's problems, you've got to find a way to break into programming and mm-hmm. update those tracks and yeah. race to the studio to get the story right. Yeah, absolutely. How do how do how does radio and digital get along? I keep hearing digital, digital, digital. Well, when I was first going to again back when I was program director, we would go to the country radio seminar in Nashville every year to get the latest news and trends. Uh-huh. You would talk to somebody and say, "Hey, man, do you have a website?" Nah, we're not doing that stuff yet. Uh, the next year it was like, "Hey, man, who does your website?" Uh, because yeah. everyone had to have a website. Yeah. That's how it began with radio was marrying your website with the, the you know the product on the air right well now here in 2019 as we record this the smart radio operators aren't just doing that your website is fine but our company actually is on the cutting edge of helping advertisers away from our radio product we have an entire list of check out some of these terms we have here uh, Marco this is this is what you know digital media is all about it's, yeah. it, it's about uh, you know geo targeting people which is crazy I've, I've looked into that and geo we, we explain what geotargeting is because because people are amazed when I tell them that this technology exists geotargeting and retargeting it's like you can you can target a person based on where they are mm-hmm. let's say you have a competitor mm-hmm. and you want to put your message uh, against your competitor in your competitor store literally so people right. are on their mobile device they might get a message from you uh, or an ad from you will populate on their screen yeah yeah uh, you know we can do that Everyone has been behaviorally retargeted. Yeah. You might be looking at some ammo. Well, I bet the next time you're online, you get an ammo ad fed to you. Yes. That yes, happens all I the do. time. You, I do. sir, were targeted. I do. You know? Absolutely. I, I, uh, I worked with a local radio station, and we targeted one of the gun uh, gun shows in Roanoke at the, at the Salem Civic Center. Right. So everybody that went in there saw a T4 Tactics ad. <laughs> yes. Smart. It's crazy. It is smart. Yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy. It, you feel like you're stalked mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And especially for me, sometimes I've already bought the product. It's like, right. dude, I bought the product. Quit bugging me with these right, ads. You know? Right. But we have the ability with our company, Wheeler Digital, to give all these sell all these products to people, explain how it's done, and also explain what did happen over the last 30 days with your ad campaign. Right. That's how we are uh, thriving, I yeah. should say. In 2019, I want to share with you something that was in the, the Roanoke Times. This goes back to an article on February 21st. Digital ads will surpass print and TV this year. Wow. So for the first time in this history of advertising, it's not TV and print that will get the most bang, most advertising. It's, it's, yeah. it's digital. Yeah. And that number is going to grow so much more. By 2023, digital ads will capture more than two-thirds of all ad spending, according to the estimates from the experts that know these things with eMarketer. Wow. So radio companies like, like ours uh, know this. Yeah. And we know that radio, uh, as far as the sales tool, uh, will have a, a peak. And a, and, a, and, a, and a go flat uh-huh. and maybe even go down just a bit as far as that because digital, which we offer also, is going to go up. Yeah. So we have a full um, 
so slate of products we can offer advertisers. It can work in unison with your radio advertising or be separate. Yeah. And also, remember, digital is around the world. So a company in Roanoke, they might want to have a, a swath of a business in West Virginia or North Carolina. Right. We can help you there, too, because digital goes everywhere. Yeah. It's all digital. It's all computer now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's I travel a lot, you know, and, uh, and it's always... Uh, you just speak into your phone. Find this near me. Yes. Or closest. You just ask digital, and there it is. It pops up. So radio hasn't had to fight it. Radio, unlike uh, satellite and the MTV generation, mm-hmm. radio has, has just thrived. And this this is statistic, I can tell you or any radio salesperson can tell you, as much as radio has been, I guess, attacked by the, the, the disruption of the Internet and all the other things, still the report is, according to uh, our, any source you'll check online, radio reaches 93% of adults on a weekly basis. TV wow. reaches 88%. Smartphones reach 83%. Radio still in the lead on that. In terms of penetration and reaching yeah. people every week, uh, the products are great. Uh, you become a friend of your, you feel like you're friends with your the on-air talent. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's one yeah. thing radio has that a pod, uh, a music iPad thing can't have. Right. Songs are great, but it, it's not going to talk to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Um, satellite radio. Is that a threat to traditional radio? It's really not. Um, satellite radio has its place uh-huh. satellite radio when you when you get radio for free over the air yeah it hurts to pay for satellite radio unless you really love the programming right and radio can duplicate pretty much everything that's on satellite because guess what all radio programmers are programming satellite radio yeah yeah <laughs> that's how that works i had satellite radio in my truck for a while and you know what i i'd listen to it because most of it was commercial free yeah um i could tune into the stations where i'd hear the music that i liked um but I missed hearing local, like we went back, like we were talking about the beginning of this. Yeah. I missed having that relationship with the local part of it, uh, you know, and, and things would be happening uh, news-wise, and you're not hearing it. So that, That's one of the reasons, in a separate subject, I uh, got a TV antenna. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because we, were, we had cable or satellite, like everybody else at the home, for watching television. And of course, the price was an issue, and I just we just got rid of it because I still like to have even when I'm watching TV for fun. Mm-hmm. I still want to have access to if something if it's breaking news on TV or radio, I want to know about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, that's, and, that's and, what I'm made yeah. for. Is if something bad is happening in my general mm-hmm. area, you're not going to hear it on satellite. You're not, but you'll hear the uh, the local news, you know, yeah. break in and, and yeah. give you a heads up. I think it. a lot of people get those satellites free for the first time they own the car. Then when they start charging, they either, uh-huh. they either say uh, canceling or I'll do it for two bucks a month, maybe. It, exactly, it's not so much worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's some interesting stuff. Thank you, man. I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, we, uh, in, in this part of my, my career, after 38 years of being on the air, and I'm still on the air some, uh-huh. I enjoy the sales. I enjoy helping advertisers, whether yeah. it's a Marco Galbraith, be, have his voice be heard and known. Yeah, right. Or whether it's a digital advertiser who is just trying to figure all this stuff out because in digital, radio and digital are, are married. You yeah. Know, whether it's our websites or other products we can offer, we get it that people need that and we yeah. want to be able to offer it. And that's what our company does. And that's yeah. what I can do for, for people that may be listening and that own businesses that want to get some answers. Yeah. Let's, yeah. At, least, let's at least talk. talk exactly. Talk. And learn more. Well, I hear people tell me all the time, heard John L and I, and that's what I, as a business owner, that's what I need to hear. Sure. That you've heard me, and, and I get people taking my classes and business owners that want active shooter training, and they say, I heard John L and I, you know, or, or if I don't hear it somewhere else, well, that didn't work for me. Right. I heard um, this morning on L and I, they were talking about 
vinyl, the prices of vinyl. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. My dad passed away in 99, and he had all these old records, and we gave them to the church. And I hope, church, if you're listening, I hope you, yeah, I hope they research before they just sold them at a rummage sale. Cause, oh, I know. Because listening this morning to the values of some of the, the Elvis, uh, Grateful Dead, my dad had all that. Did, but did he have the Batman he did Albert. not have the Batman, <laughs> yeah. And somebody was it Larry that said they made it. He made it into a belt buckle. It was or me. You were saying it was that, me. yeah, yeah, I did yeah. That. I tore out the logo of the Batman album to make, right. a, make my Batman buckle, and I ruined the value of my album. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Wow. Well, Kenny Shelton with uh, WLNI is where I know you from, and uh, Wheeler Broadcasting Group. It's been interesting. It's been really cool to hear some of the things I never even thought about. Thank you, yeah. Mark. I appreciate being asked to be here, and I hope folks learn from this. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? How do they contact you? If, if I'm a business owner, I want to run an ad through uh, the radio stations. Well, I tell you, you, with with me personally, I'd love for you to reach out to me with my phone number, 434-258-3350, 434-258-3350, or email it's kshelton, S-H-E-L-T-O-N, at WLNI.com. You know, I'd, I'd like to answer some questions if you have it. Absolutely. Affordable, because I've done it a few times, and it's affordable. Um, so you've been listening to Active Listing with T4 Tactics. I'm Marco Galbraith, and hope you enjoyed this show. Stay tuned, subscribe to us, and we'll hope to see you next time. Take care, you guys. Reduce injuries and be safe.